Welcome back to How to Be a Better DM. As always, I'm here with Tanner Wayland. I'm Justin Lewis. We are your DMs for today's session of Becoming a Better Dungeon Master. And to get right into it, I want to ask Tanner a warm-up question. Uh, I would like you to pick a spell that your enemies... Uh, th I'm sorry. I would like you to pick a spell that an NPC is casting at your players. I want you to describe that spell without saying... I cast this spell. Okay. Perfect. Okay, let's say that you are Okay, I'm going to I'm going to say it like I would in the session. So, you got it. Okay, you see step out from around the tree about 15 feet away. You see a wizard. He's uh he's got a haggard cloak. Uh he raises his hand towards you. And it almost looks like he's, you know, he's just pointing. But then you notice kind of coalescing around his hand, little sparks. And then they grow in from little, uh, little puffs almost of electricity uh, to writhing bands of electricity. And it shoots out. And for a moment before it hits you, you smell ozone. And then passes through you. Okay. You just got hit by lightning. Uh, I'm going to roll this much damage. Uh, and, and that's kind of what I would do. I specifically liked how you used the word writhing, uh, writhing bands of electricity. That was very descriptive. So well done. Oh, gee whiz. You mean it? <laughs> Just I do. I do. Thank you. I, I like that too. I thought that was good. Uh, perfect. Uh, well, Adventurer, thank you again uh, for coming back to How to Be a Better DM. A uh, couple announcements. First of all, we are doing our one-shot Today, on the day of this recording, sorry, we're doing the one-shot today when the episode releases, so uh, if you wanted to do the one-shot, you're probably a little bit too late. You're going to have to wait till next one-shot, which will be next quarter, and actually that brings me to the next announcement, which is we are moving to a quarterly schedule for the one-shots. This is going to allow us to put more into the one-shots and hopefully create better scenarios and actually you know, kind of the end goal is to eventually be able to publish these one-shots as fully produced content uh, rather than just pieces of things that we've created. Uh, so if you want to sign up for that, make sure you go to the link in the show notes and uh, we'll get you on the next one-shot. And if there's enough people, then we'll have to figure something out in order to get you more of those more often. Second announcement. It's more of a question, really. Would you the adventurer likes some sort of discord or community platform to engage with other listeners of the podcast, possibly find people to play games with or shoot ideas back and forth really just anything that can help you find people who think like you and actually help them help you to be a better DM. So if you're interested in an idea like that, go to Instagram and follow how to be a better DM and then send us a message on whether or not you want that idea or not. Uh, or you can just email at, sorry, you can email howtobeabetterdm at gmail.com. In that email, make sure you also give us any feedback you have on the show, anything you like or dislike or things that we can improve on because we're always looking for ways to improve. And on that note, we're also considering making a YouTube channel as well. So really just let us know what do you want. Yeah, honestly, we really appreciate any advice. Uh, you know, while we have a lot of opinions about uh, what makes a great uh, Dungeons & Dragons game, 
you know, we're a little bit less uh, certain about what kind of community interactions you guys want. So honestly, any help you can give us would be appreciated for, for your preferences. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Justin. No. Yeah. I completely agree. And actually, uh, we, we should say a big thank you to all of you who have been a, a huge support. Uh, there are various names that come to mind uh, that have just really done amazing stuff for us. And I just want to say thank you. You know who you are. Thank you so much for your support. We, we really can't do this without you. And uh, we look forward to any opportunity we can have to interact with you more often and, and hopefully bring you into the limelight as you have allowed us to step into the limelight. Well, with that, I think those are all the announcements. Let's get to the main topic of today's show. We've all been in groups where things are just going great. You're vibing. The flow is really great. And then there's that one player that just seems to ruin it all in the right moments. They, I don't know how they do it, but they're just terrible. Yes, today we are talking about annoying D&D players and really, more importantly, how to deal with them. Uh, so, Tanner, would you like to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, how about you kick this out? You got it. Uh, the most annoying, well, one of the most annoying players that I have dealt with, and actually this is one that I fall into the category of more often than not, uh, is the player DM. Again, this is me when I play. I try very hard not to be this player. But essentially, this is a DM who is playing as a player who is, is very good as a DM. So good that they can't not be a DM while they're playing. Sometimes this means they're a rules lawyer. Other times this means that they just happen to narrate things that aren't really theirs to narrate. Sometimes when a player does something, they'll jump in and say, oh, and then you do this and that and this. Uh, or they'll, they just really kind of steal the show a little bit from not necessarily the other players, but from the dungeon master. The nice thing about this player, though, is that because they are a dungeon master, they are very aware of the struggles of dungeon masters. So it's not very hard to sit them down and say, hey, I know you're a dungeon master. You're awesome. But this is me being a dungeon master. So if you could, I I'd like you to help me rather than me help you be the dungeon master. Uh, and, and generally, they'll understand because, again, they've been a dungeon master. And if they're playing, they're trying to show up as a player. They're trying to exercise other muscles. So I would also maybe say to them, you know, you're really good at being a dungeon master. I've noticed maybe you could try and, and focus on this aspect of play. And maybe you can help those around the table do that same thing. I find that would be very helpful in getting them to understand your situation and really help them to help you as the dungeon master. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a great uh, idea. I think enlisting their help, because uh, here's the great news. Uh, if you have someone who has been a DM uh, in your campaign, they, they're probably interested in playing with you, right? Uh, there are a few exceptions where it's like, oh, they're just doing you a favor because you're new. But if it's like, no, you guys have been friends for a while, uh, you are, you know, it's your turn to DM or whatever, then I think that they are adult enough and they understand the interactions between DM and players enough that you can be like, hey, I noticed... Uh, uh, well, first off, a great thing is like after a session, a great way to talk about any issues you have is first go up to them, be like, hey, uh, thanks for playing. What do you think I could have done better? And then after that, be like, after you get their advice, then be like, hey, I kind of struggled with this because it felt like when you were suggesting all these things, it kind of broke the flow of my 
mm-hmm. my thoughts, you know, I, I think I'd appreciate it if you mentioned it after the session or, or whatever you say. But the point is you can be more direct, and I think that that's not going to hurt your relationship at all so long as you aren't uh, being a jerk about it, right? <laughs> Key phrase, don't be a jerk, right? Yeah, that's... Uh, that's... What about you, Tanner? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so for me, I think one that's pretty popular, uh, a pretty common, annoying person, and, and and just to qualify it, like for me, I don't, I don't think of annoying character players as... Uh, as these things to get rid of, because chances are they just don't realize how annoying they're being, right? Or that, or they just don't realize how their actions are causing issues. Um, and so, if you're just honest with them, uh, or if you teach them through different things, it's not always through honesty. Sometimes it's you know incentiv- incentivizing. Uh, certain types of play, then I think you can really get past this. And, and a classic example is the protagonist, right? Uh, that's kind of what I call this kind of annoying player who, you know, their first character in D&D, probably a paladin, right? Uh, just that perfect mixture of righteous and also Superman, you know? And, and they're just like, oh, I am the yep. hero. Everybody else might be joking or fooling around. My character's serious. And he can't take a joke, you know, uh, and like just kind of yep. derails things, just following their uh, supposed higher call. And they won't even back it up. They'll just be like, no, that's wrong. In many ways, it comes mm-hmm. across as, you know, uh, as one dimensional comes across as controlling because they they really make it so that other players can't essentially be their own person, you know. Uh, without them kind of being the morality police uh, or just being like, oh, whatever they're doing is just a joke. Follow me on my side quest where I solve my family's murder that, you know, much more important than anybody else's. For for someone like that, um, what I really would focus on is team play, kind of similar to the DM where you kind of enlist their help, but you're enlisting in a different way. Mm-hmm. You kind of, after the session or in between sessions, you know, via text, email, call, whatever, uh, you talk with them, see how they're liking the campaign, and then also uh, be genuine with them and be like, hey, I've noticed this player seems a little uh, out of it. I've been really wanting to, um, to you know, get uh, onto their side quest or their backstory, like, kind of connection. Um and kind of asking them for help and being like, uh, I know that your guy is pretty focused. Would he be the kind of person who would let that happen? And then if you ask the outside of the session, you essentially give them, you know, carte blanche to be like, oh, yeah, my character would totally do that, you know, uh, by bringing it up mm-hmm. ahead of time. Um, and even in character creation, I think if you ever run into someone who it's like, oh, uh, in your session zero, you realize that they're just kind of creating a... Uh, a hero stereotype then you could be like hey how does yeah. your does your character play well with people does he care about helping his friends achieve their goals and or is he kind of more controlling because if you phrase it like that then of course they're not going to be like oh yeah my character is more controlling because you know they come off as a jerk so you, if you bring it up in a place where the character is still malleable which is like in a session zero or between sessions you can kind of cut that off does that make sense Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think using the session zero or character creation to ask some of those questions is really valuable. 
primarily because it does help them kind of get into the mindset of their character. Uh, another thing that I think you can try is asking them why. Uh, and you can even do this in the voice of an NPC who's with them. You know, why are you going to solve your sister's murder? Like, why does that matter to you? Yeah. Oh, because she's my sister. Okay, but so do you love her? Oh, yeah, I love her. So why do you love, you know, kind of, and ask some of those questions and, and try and delve a little bit deeper, either in game or out of game. Yeah, exactly. The next one that I hate is the distracted distraction. Uh, I seriously hate these. These are the players that enjoy the game a lot, but they also seem to have ADD or ADHD a little bit, and they, they get distracted and either end up sharing videos with other players during the game and or having side conversations. Um, super annoying. Obviously, that's a very specific example, um, but I think the best thing to do with these players is to, at the beginning of your campaign, you need to set rules at the table and have everyone agree to and follow the rules and say, hey guys, uh, I, w I want to create a campaign for you and I want it to be the best I can, so I want to set some rules up and uh, these rules are designed to help all of us really have the best gameplay possible. What sort of things would you guys suggest? And if they don't say, hey, well, no videos at the table or no distractions at the table, then maybe you can suggest it. If that doesn't work, I would say you're probably going to have to have a side conversation with this character and say, or with this person and say, hey, uh, I've noticed you've been doing this. It's, it's kind of distracting. It's, it's really hard to dungeon master and create an immersive experience for everyone when you're having side conversations. And uh, if you could, just kind of help me out a little bit. You work eight hours a day. You spend time with your family, and when you come home, you do work around the house. And it seems that you never have as much time as you would like to prepare for your D&D sessions. Does this sound like you? Wouldn't it be amazing to have endless material prepared for your D&D sessions anyways? That's where Roll and Play Press comes in. Roll and Play Press provides D&D 5e compatible material for any type of session. Running a one-shot? Check out their One-Shot Wonders book with over 100 one-shot ideas. Getting started with a new sci-fi campaign? Get their Game Master's Sci-Fi Toolkit to have your games much more prepared with much less effort. Why reinvent the wheel? Check out Roll and Play Press at rollandplaypress.com, see what they have to offer, and get a 10% discount when you buy something by using the code BETTERDM10, that's B-E-T-T-E-R-D-M-10, at checkout. Give yourself just a little bit extra help so that you can continue being the world's greatest dungeon master. Yeah, I agree. And and I think that one thing uh that could help a lot along with that uh that kind of uh directness with them is maybe you give them a task. You know, because I think that when you are more distracted, it typically means that like hey, they're not getting as much out of the game. And that could happen cuz like oh, another player is having a lot of role playing or the combat's just kind of slow. Each of those has like a solution right there are ways and you can look it up and we'll mm -hmm. honestly probably have a conversation about this in the future ways to speed up your combat so that every player is not getting distracted ways to make your uh, role-playing punchy and to the point um or involved enough that like hey people aren't going to get distracted 
uh, or some people have different tasks, right? Some people are in charge of like taking essentially notes um, or, or like keeping a log of treasure and stuff like that. Uh, whatever it is, you just want to keep in mind that aside from being direct with them and, and being like, Hey, these are some issues and also setting up rules beforehand. If you're just noticing that that player is distracted, take this as an opportunity to uh, try and up your your game, you know? Agreed. I really like the idea of giving them tasks. Um, I, I think that's a very powerful way. And, and back to what you said, sometimes this might just be a sign to you that things are boring. So maybe you might go up to them and say, hey, I've noticed that you get kind of bored a little bit. What sort of things do you think might make you more interested or, or, or keep your attention longer? Uh, and, and, and that might just be something you have to, a discussion you have to have with the entire table if you notice that, you know, one person is being distracted enough to be able to distract another person. Uh, maybe it's just not gripping enough. Yeah, great point. Um, yeah, so, oh, is it okay if I share one? Oh, of course. Perfect, great. Uh, so the other one that I thought of who has given me issues in the past um, are, I mean, I call them the tryhard. It's essentially people who, deep down, the main thing they don't want to do is they don't want to be on their back foot. They don't want to lose. You know, whether that's, uh, I mean, most often it shows itself in combats, right? Uh, like, for example, they're rule lawyers when it benefits them, when it's like, oh, no, I can totally do this. Look at the rules. And then they're very lax with certain rules that specifically don't benefit them, like certain save throws, <laughs> things like that. You know, you can tell that they just hate the idea of losing in their character, uh, like getting hurt, poisoned, like having a detrimental thing happen to them. Uh, for, for me, I've seen a few people like this and I'm like, man, this is supposed to be a fun game. You know, take it seriously enough that you're not distracted. But on the other hand, don't take it so seriously that you can't have fun and you can't, you know, let anything bad happen to your character because we can always make a new one. Um, or your character can have, uh, well, this is actually one way that I'd suggest kind of dealing with this kind of player. I think aside from keeping them accountable for the rules, I would say that treat failure and make failure for them into something that isn't so just terrifying, you know, uh, for example, a lot of times people, and I have an issue with this in my own life too. I worry about failure. Until like I actually visualize it, I'm like, you know what, failing on this isn't actually that hard. Whether it's like a hobby or a project I'm doing. And then that makes me more willing to try riskier or unfamiliar things. Do the same here. When they do fail roles, you know, have different outcomes rather than just straight failure. You know, it's like, oh no, mm -hmm. you failed. And your arm got chopped off. Oh no, you, don't, don't do anything like that. Right that uh that's just you can do that occasionally for like more serious dramatic moments but just teach them through uh experience that like hey sometimes failure can be humorous or funny or it can just you just have to react different you know i think that that's a great way to uh kind of wean them off of being a try hard i agree completely and i think it's even uh one thing you might consider is maybe they're in the wrong class in combat, especially if, you know, if they're feeling like they're not doing enough, like maybe they're 
uh, a warlock who only gets to hit once, but they'd rather be a monk who can hit like 15 times. Uh, another thing you can try is like rolls that don't really matter just to kind of give them exposure therapy a little bit to failing. Uh, so in a, a group I've played with before, they did like daily handsomeness or beautiful rolls to see how good looking their character is, you know, and, and there's all sorts of ridic ridiculousness that can go along with that. <laughs> I, I think just helping them get used to the idea that, yeah, you're going to roll once. It's fine because you also roll 20s. Um, the next one that I would say is annoying is called the waffler. And these are the players that say, I walk through the door. And then you say, right as I do. And then they say, I don't walk through the door and I do something else. And, and they kind of <laughs> try and take back what they said they do. Or, you know, they, they roll something and then they're like, oh, no, I don't, I don't do anything. And you're like, well, what did you roll? And they're like, well, I rolled a one. And you're like, well, okay, you did terrible. Uh, here's this negative effect. Uh, it's kind of similar to the tryhards a little bit, but uh, actually, actually, it sounds very similar now that I think about it. Um, but I think with this player, you also kind of have to be firm. You know, like you said you walk through the door, so you do. And if they argue, you might need to have another conversation with them outside of normal playing hours. Uh, this would be a good place to remind them, you know what, you're playing for yourself, but you're also playing as your character. You're thinking about what your character would do with the knowledge that they have. So would they walk through the door? Yes. Uh, would they walk through the door stealthily? Well, you didn't say that, so you didn't. Uh, even if, you know, and, and it's kind of this fine balancing act between what the character would do or what the player would do and what the character remembers. Sorry, reverse that. What the character would do and what the player <laughs> remembers. Uh, but again, it, it just takes kind of some firmness and be like, look, you walk through, you're not going to die immediately because I'm not a terrible DM who hates you. Uh, but there's going to be some negative consequences because you didn't think completely through, you know? Yeah, and in a way, uh, I I don't know. Sometimes it's frustrating as a DM when a player is constantly, like, when they mess up so many times that they're just constantly cautious about everything. Because, you know, yeah. yeah, when you're in a dungeon, you're cautious. But it kind of sucks if there's, like, a stealth check or or a perception or whatever kind of check like every five seconds you know um and so i would say that there's a few practical me uh ways for people uh, for dms to get around this one is when you're doing group like if it's a player one-on-one -on -one, uh, or like if the player is doing something and no one else is doing anything and you know that you know that's pretty simple it's like okay you're gonna walk through the door cool so you're walking through the door and then like because they're kind of have stated it that's cool i think that a lot of the issues arise when it's a group and they're each supposed to do one thing and so you ask and it's not entirely certain like oh i'm thinking about doing this but i'll wait for the other guy instead get what everybody is doing and be like okay timmy what are you doing jimmy how about you al you know and and just get everything and be like okay so this is what everyone's doing and then they don't have a chance to waffle because they've already said it and it's locked in, you know, just like <laughs> essentially making a practice of whenever you enter into a new room or scenario or whatever. Uh, don't just ask one player what they do. Ask every player, mm -hmm. get it all and then and then kind of act it out. You may be asking yourself, how do I get more out of how to be a better DM? 
you probably want even more tips, more entertainment, or perhaps just exclusive access to a secret society of people bent on ruling the world. Well, we don't actually have desires to rule the world, but it does sound like what you want and what you need is to join our Patreon. You'll get access to our private Discord, which will give you direct access to all the hosts of this show, as well as our other Dungeon Masters who are just like you. You'll also be able to make fan requests for how to be a better DM. And lastly, you just help support the show so we can give you ever better content. If you want to join the Patreon, go to sessionzerostudios.com slash startadventure and join our Patreon today. You know, does that does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And I, another example is uh, in combat, if you use minis or like a visual representation of combat sometimes um you know as you put down the the adversary and you you ask them to place themselves they kind of place themselves in very advantageous places um and and you know you know that they would not be in those places because they just wouldn't be like they said they were walking in a straight line or something Uh, so one thing i like to do is I like to ask them where they would be standing, like you just said. You know, ask them their individual responses, and then place the enemies uh, if if they don't already see the enemy and so forth. Great um, idea. It's kind of a, a specific, you know, uh, one. But but one thing I would like to point out is that most of these uh, most of these annoying player tropes can really be prevented by establishing specific rules of the relationship before you start playing. Uh, you know, like at the beginning of the, the campaign and, and really have everyone's buy-in. And I find that the best way to do that is to ask them for suggestions and then sl- slightly prod them in certain directions. Um, and then after that, I think having individual conversations with the individuals in question and then pointing back to the rules that everyone said they'd live by uh, really helps to improve the situation. Yeah. And honestly, if it's a real issue and it really annoys you, because I'll be honest, I think some DMs are naturals at you know, resolving conflicts with players and resolving mm-hmm. issues just, you know, just with their mannerisms and how they communicate. Uh, others, not so much. And so with those rules, and, and that's not negative, you know, we all have our different strengths, but uh, but with those rules that you set up in session zero or whatever you want to call it, uh, I would strongly recommend if you're worried about people forgetting these rules, why not print them out? You know, do a little bit of homemade problem making, you know, actually like have the rules written down in like a fancy font you know make multiple copies and then like laminate it whatever you want right make it big make it pretty Mm -hmm. and then give it one to each player and be like okay remember these are the rules you know uh and there's no no shame with that right and just explain the reasons and i think most players would agree that's like hey we want this game to move fast to be respectful to be fun right i love that very simple and uh, very easy. So thank you, Adventure, for joining us in the tavern today, uh, talking about common, annoying D&D players and how to deal with them. Uh, like I said, make sure you guys sign up for our next one shot. And also, we don't ask this uh, enough, really, but make sure you follow the podcast wherever podcasts are listened to, mostly on Spotify. But uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or anywhere else, really, uh, give us a follow and a rating and review. And... Uh, who knows? Maybe if we get enough followers, we can do some sort of giveaway on our Instagram. 
Uh, hint, hint, wink, wink. But uh, Tanner, any final words for our uh, adventurers? I mean, uh, we love you. We care for you. Uh, we hope that you're having a great summer. That's it. <laughs> Amen. Uh, and with that, guys, until next time, let's go ahead and roll initiative.